Yes, as the title here says, perception is relative. Now, why do I say perception is relative and what does that mean? Basically, I feel that perception is relative because your experience of whether something is a certain way or not depends totally on your experience and how you see it. Let's take, for example, this letter I was reading in Dear Prudence about this woman who apparently was very irked that her sister-in-law was coming to her house. So apparently she has this sister-in-law who lives nearby in her community. She's got a family of five. Her husband invites a sister-in-law and she's like, oh, the sister-in-law is single and doesn't have a family and she comes over and never brings anything and never cleans up. And oh, I can't stand her and she's writing this whole screed attacking her. So a lot of the commenters in noting this, they're like, you sound very selfish, you sound grinchy. Why don't you ask this person to do stuff? How about you try getting to know the woman? Maybe she likes seeing her nieces and nephews and maybe you need to go deal with your lazy husband who's not helping with the cleanup and the cooking and so forth. There were a lot of choice responses there. And I noted one thing that's definitely a point of division with people is this idea of whether it's polite to come to somebody's house. Like, what do you do if you're a guest? Like I noticed in the Northeast, apparently the tradition is, oh, if you go to a party, you go to an event, you go to anything at anybody's house, even if it's not a potluck and, you are, and you're not asked to bring something, you're expected to bring something. Whether it's a bag of chips, whether it's soda, whatever it is, you're expected to bring something, damn it. And if you don't do it, well, you're just impolite and you're a big, fat, lazy slob. And same for the big holidays for cooking. If you don't get up and go take your dishes and go help with putting them away and things like that, even if you have no clue where anything is or... 10 other people have already stampeded to the kitchen in a little tiny apartment. Well, you're just a big, fat, lazy slob and how dare you and oh, it's so impolite. And yet there were other people commenting who said, yeah, there's, and I think this might be true in the South too, but there's people who are like, they would consider it impolite if you went to a party at their house or you went to a meal and you're bringing food. Because then you're implying that the host has really terrible cooking skills, that they're incompetent, they're not going to have enough food for everybody. I mean, usually people are okay with that if, say, you're a vegetarian or you have to eat gluten-free, you're a vegan, your kid is autistic, can't eat certain things, and they have, like, their special dish that they eat, that that's it. People wouldn't really look at you funny over that because it's like, okay, you're trying to take care of your family member, you're dealing with a special diet, something like that. But it's like, otherwise, if you're just bringing mac and cheese or something for the Christmas party, it's like, okay... So you thought the host wouldn't have enough food for you or you think that their macaroni and cheese sucks. So it's considered really rude and some people get really pissy about that because then it's like saying, okay, so you think my cooking is terrible? And a lot of people get pissed off and they consider that impolite. Or if everybody's going to go help in the kitchen or they're putting stuff away or they're doing cooking and all this, there are people who will get pissed off about that because they'll feel like, okay, you're invading my space. This is my kitchen. This is where I cook. You don't know where the hell anything is. And you're going to rearrange things and you're going to mess it up and you're invading my space. And I know I'm definitely one of those people and I think my family's kind of like that too. It's like, okay, we kind of have our space and we know where things go. And we're into doing our own cooking and we don't really want other people's help because they'll get in the way, they mess things up. So no, don't do that. Or no, we don't want a bunch of people stampeding to try to figure out where we're going to put items when they don't know where things go. And they'll end up putting stuff in the wrong place and then you have to do extra work because you have to figure out where things go. 
So it's definitely interesting when you look at the perspective versus somebody who's from the Northeast and they're from the, oh, bring food, bring items if you come over to somebody's house versus somebody who's like, it's impolite to do that because you're saying that the host is a really shitty cook and they don't know how to portion size. They don't, you know, they're basically completely incompetent and can't cook at all or their food sucks. So I find that very interesting. And I was having a conversation with, I don't know what to call him at this point, last boyfriend, former boyfriend, maybe we'll call him the Energizer Bunny. Perhaps we'll stick to that. I don't really like calling somebody an ex if I'm still talking to them because I kind of feel like, okay, you're an ex. Like I think of ex like crossed out, you're done. I don't deal with you ever again. You are dead to me. There's nothing further. We got nothing. That's how I view it when I've called people my ex-boyfriend of like, you're an ex. I want nothing to do with you. There's no reconciliation. You can go F yourself, all that good stuff. So he was discussing with me the idea of showing gratitude to someone and sort of the whole contribution concept. So I mentioned, okay, so I brought mail down, you know, I brought mail upstairs to your apartment. He's like, oh, that's not a contribution. I'm like, that's just because you don't view it as a contribution. In my old apartment in Queens, if you didn't pick up somebody's mail, you know, UPS would just leave a slip and you'd have to go out to an area where it's not really public transit friendly to go get your mail. And my ex and I had cars, but parking was kind of a pain in the ass, or at least we had a car, but it was kind of a pain in the ass in our neighborhood to get parking again. So yes, if somebody was willing to pick up our UPS package and get that to our apartment, rather than us having to go take a slip and drive to middle of nowhere Queens where there's no public transit, get rid of our parking space. And usually we had very good parking spaces because I stayed home during the day. So I was able to move the car when the restrictions changed. But yeah, having to move from a nice parking space to then park who knows how many blocks away and hope you're not gonna get towed, that's not a kindness there. Like avoiding our trip to UPS, that's an awesome thing, okay? Very big deal. Or if somebody was getting my mail from my current place where people have stolen mail and I live four floors up, yeah, to me that's very much appreciated that I don't have to go deal with that that I'm not carrying some big heavy box or some bulky package up for stories. That's a good thing. But he's like, oh, well, it's not a big deal at my place because mail's not stolen and oh, I'm on the second floor and all this. And it's like, okay, that's just your perspective. That has nothing to do with actual reality because you haven't been in the circumstances I've been in. So how in the world are you going to tell me, oh no, this gesture you do that you find very meaningful. Oh, that's not, that doesn't count. That's like, give me a break. Like he had attitude about, tried to belittle cooking. And I said, do you know how long cooking takes? I'm like, do you have any idea of the process and how that is? And when people are very good at cooking and they're very passionate about it, and it's something that they enjoy doing and they want to do it, there can be a lot of detail involved. Like somebody might have a very elaborate recipe or they have particular ingredients that they want to put in that they like. They may have a specific type of chicken or a specific location, specific brand, specific cut that they use or they may have specific spicing that they put in, a specific sauce. So sometimes it takes effort to get those things. Or you have a certain portion amount that you like to do, so that takes effort. It's not exactly some kind of simple, no cost whatsoever to you type of endeavor, it's really not. So I had to explain to him, okay, you getting to have any of my cooking, that's a very big deal because a lot of people haven't gotten to do that. 
I feel like you kind of have to earn my cooking. And apparently I'm not the only person because one of my friends is telling me that she felt the exact same way about her cooking. So it's like, yes, thank you. You agree with me. And I don't know about everybody who cooks, but I'm definitely one of those people that it's like, yes, I don't just do it for the hell of it. I don't do it for just anybody. I don't just let anybody have my food. It's one of those things that if I let you have it, that means you're actually a friend of mine or in terms of a dating relationship, it means that it's something serious, that you're somebody I actually care about, that I actually want you to have my cooking in the first place. So just because you view it as, oh no, it's no big deal and you want to belittle that contribution, you have no idea of what it means when I do it. You have no idea what that contribution is. You don't have a clue. So I feel like there's a lot of things in life where some people want to belittle that and they say, oh no, it's nothing. But other people would say, yeah, that's a very big deal. Like there are people who have agoraphobia. They don't like going outside and being around other people. And others might say, oh no, it's no big deal that they went outside and they took the train by themselves and they went to some other part of Manhattan or they went to some other part of Queens or they left the borough or something. And it's like, yeah, it's no big deal to you if you're doing this every single day. If, say, you're working in a job where you're going through the boroughs twice a day or something, yeah, no big deal to you. But it is a big deal to somebody who has agoraphobia and they don't want to go out in public and deal with people. It's a big deal for them. Or if somebody has a mobility issue and they can't walk or they're having, you know, they have to be on a walker or they have some kind of issue, yeah, it's a very big deal if you're helping them pick something up. I mean, it may not be a big deal to your able-bodied self where, yeah, you can lift something, but yeah, it's a big deal to them. I also consider it a big deal if somebody helps lift something heavy for me. They might view it as, oh, no, that's not a contribution. Oh, yeah, that's no big deal. But yeah, you're able to lift things. You can lift the heavy stuff. My skinny ass can't do that. So yeah, kind of a big deal. I appreciate that. Or you're killing some bug I'm terrified of. Yeah, that's something I appreciate. You might view it as no big deal because you don't have that phobia, but I happen to have that, so a little different. So I feel like things like that, if he's, oh man, he was having this conversation with me, and I think, I don't even know if I said this to him, but I was trying to convey that point of just because you don't find it meaningful doesn't mean that objectively it's not meaningful. Like just because you think it's rude of, oh, somebody didn't bring food or somebody's not joining the stampede to go to the kitchen or cook or anything, that doesn't mean it's actually rude. It just means that in your perspective, in your perception, it's rude. To that other person, they might think, okay, if I join the stampede, well, I'm just creating more problems for the host. Or I'm bringing food over here and I'm implying that the host doesn't know how to cook or they're just incompetent in some way. So I'm being polite and partaking of their hospitality instead of saying, oh no, your hospitality isn't good enough for me. I gotta have my special food. Even if I don't have a special diet or something like that, it's like, oh yeah, you're not good enough at doing this and you will never measure up. Like there was actually, I think there was like an episode of Friends, in fact, where I could swear Monica was doing some kind of catering event or she was cooking a meal or something and her mother comes with other food for her guests. Yeah, I think she was like catering a party for her parents and it was like her mother's event. And if you saw the show Friends, you remember that Monica's mother was incredibly critical of her. And she always felt like her daughter wasn't capable and she always hassled her about getting married and all kinds of stuff and how she was just wrong on everything and incapable and so forth and just made Monica feel like shit. So she actually brought extra food and Monica finds out about it and she gets really pissed off because she's like, hey mom, I was catering this and I was doing this stuff so you had all this other food 
what gives? Are you just saying that I'm not capable, that I'm not competent? And it's like, yeah, she was pissed off about that stuff. Meanwhile, her mom's like, oh, yeah, that's no big deal. I'm just kind of going through life and I'm having backups and all this. And her mother is like, yeah, whatever. And it took her and she just got like ticked off and it was like a whole big conflict. And I don't even think until much later in the episode, her mother's like, oh, yeah, maybe my daughter's making sense here. Maybe she's got a point. But that's just, but yeah, I feel like honestly, we should kind of look at Try talking to the other person. Try asking them their perspective on things. Maybe kind of look at the world through their shoes. Maybe look at their experience of what is thing, what are things like for them. So I just remember, I was just reading this letter and seeing this stuff. And I guess another idea of this whole perception is relative, is the idea of family relationships in the first place. Like some people would be ticked off that you're not going to let other people walk on you because they're family. You're supposed to hold that sacred. Oh yes, even though your parents are dysfunctional and they say shitty things to you or your extended family doesn't give a damn about you, you're supposed to roll out the red carpet. You're supposed to let them walk all over you. And meanwhile, somebody who's lived that and they've had that experience, it's like, uh, no, we don't need to worry about their family, so therefore they get a pass to do everything. Like there are some people who use the justification of, but they're family. To excuse people treating them in a manner or treating other people in a manner that you would never allow if some stranger on the street did it. Like if you went on the subway or you were walking down the street and somebody said some of the things that people let their parents or their extended relatives get away with, you would never tolerate that. You'd be telling that person off. If they laid hands on you, you'd be calling a cop. You'd be hitting back. You'd be doing all kinds of stuff. You would really be going to town. You would just not tolerate that. But yet there are people in society who are like, oh, but they're family, so we have to let them treat us like crap. We have to let them infantilize us. We have to let them treat our kids badly. In fact, my sister was telling me, my sister was telling me recently that apparently her nephew, or at least his grandparents were trying to say, oh no, we're not gonna give him gifts anymore because he's 18 now. Now, another dimension to know about this is that my oldest nephew lost his father when he was very young. Like he was, I think, three months old or he was like three weeks old, actually. He's very young. But he had fortunately someone in his life, my brother-in-law, who sort of took on the reins of being a father, taking on that role ever since he was four years old. So his extended family on that side actually do have, you know, they've seen him. They've watched him grow up, have a relationship with him or at least have some kind of relationship with him. But they also have three other children that it's like, oh, well, our son's the dad. So they're like, and I'm sure, I don't know if they say this to my sister, I would hope not. But they give her the impression of, oh, yeah, there are blood kids and he's only like the step kid and all that. So my sister makes it very clear of, no, there are no halves, there are no steps. We are one family. So you accept us as one family. And I am glad that both she and my brother-in-law said to them, if you do that, my nephew is not coming. None of those kids are coming. I am not coming. And if you get gifts for the other children, we're not taking them because you're not going to do that to my son. And fortunately, at least with my family and with regard to my perspective, it's like, okay, they're all related to me anyway, so it doesn't really matter. And it wouldn't matter if somebody's a stepkid, half kid or whatever, you know, they didn't ask to be born. They did not ask to come into a situation. And I think that's shitty to take that kind of attitude out on a child. Like I was actually talking with the Energizer Bunny about this because I'd been speaking with my sister while he was around. 
And he totally agreed with me on this. I'm like, you know, that's crappy to do that to a kid. My sister and I were in a situation growing up where we had an aunt who basically viewed us as the disfavored children. So I think my mother somewhat stood up for us on that. And she was like, I'm not dealing with these people. I don't have to tolerate that. And I think maybe one good thing about some of the dysfunction that I grew up with was that at least my mother did not model letting other people treat her like shit. Like my father may have done that stuff, but his family didn't get to treat her like shit. We did not get stuck spending holidays with these people all the time. She was just like, I'm not going to go. She exercised that choice. And I think that definitely made it easier for me when I was married and there were situations going on with my ex-husband and all. And I was like, okay, you can see your family anytime you want to, but I don't have to go with you. I'm not obligated to do this. You can go by yourself. You can drive to Long Island. You can come back to Queens. But I in no way am required to go and see these people who are not respectful towards me, who are not going to treat me well, who are not going to make me feel that I'm welcome. You know, I think everybody has a right to say no. They don't have to put up with that. And nobody should have to deal with that. And from some people's perspective, it's, oh, they're family. Oh, you're being a bad spouse if you don't put up with abuse from your in-laws. Oh, if you don't put up with all this shit, then, oh, you're just a shitty human being and all this. And I say, no, you have a right to have a standard. You have a right to have a backbone. And you should not allow people to treat you in a way that you would never allow a total stranger to treat you. I basically believe very strongly that family is what you create, not what DNA happens or what who you're born to and things like that. I really feel like family is just about who, who you have the intellectual connection with, who you have stuff in common with. I also define friendship very seriously, but I definitely feel like family is what you create. It is not what you're born into. And I feel part of, part of creating the family is that these are people who would help you bury a body if they had to. People who would have your back even in the worst of times. I hold a very high standard for people who are going to be my friends or people that I consider enough of a close friend to where that person is family. That's the standard I hold. And I guess I have high standards on a lot of things, but one of those is definitely friendship. And from, yeah, and from this guy's perspective, his attitude is like, oh, I wish you had more friends. And I'm like, well, I've never had zillions of friends anyway. And since a lot of stuff happened in my life, I like to have a higher standard for people. I don't want to have like mere acquaintances. I want people who I can talk to about real problems. I want people who, if I needed help bearing a body, they would do that for me. People who I know are going to have my back, not people that, oh, they're just fair weather friends and they're only around you for the fun and the glamour, but then the minute you hit hard times, they're just going to abandon you. Because I had people do that to me, and it's kind of funny when you go through a lot of hardship to figure out who your friends are. Because it's not always the people that you think. Sometimes the people you feel like are the biggest flakes, that they're never going to be there for you, those are people who are there in the darkest moments. And the people who you feel like they're going to be there, they're going to be for, forever buddies, they're totally gone in those dark times. But I definitely feel that, to be honest, people need to understand that perception is relative. And they need to actually talk to somebody and maybe not dismiss them as, oh, you're such a rude person. Oh, yeah, you did something meaningless. But maybe you should ask them about the history and the background of that. Maybe think to yourself, hmm, maybe that person grew up in an area where Nobody wanted, you know, people are picky about their realm and their space. I definitely feel like that happens more in the South, too. But people are very picky about certain things. And maybe they're acting in a certain way and it's rational to them. 
but it doesn't make sense to you. How about you figure that out instead of casting judgment? Just saying. 